Hey, I know it's late, but can you talk? Two in the Morning is an original podcast where we unabashedly explore the questions that are keeping all of us up at night. Me, Mia Brabham, and my best friend, Michael Galfetti, are two 20-somethings who've been coming together for eight years with hilarious, sometimes deep, and always honest, infinitely dimensional questions about life. Now, we're doing it with all of you. Each week, we'll both prepare a question, something we've been thinking about all week, all month, maybe even all year, and we'll talk through it. We've learned that it's not always about the answers, but sometimes just about the comfort of conversation. News? Not exactly. Therapy? Maybe. Entertainment? On accident. It's two in the morning, and it's time to talk. Hello, sleepyheads, and welcome to another episode of Two in the Morning. No one asked for me to sing, but... That was beautiful. Thank you. I feel like you sing at 2 a.m. That is definitely an activity. You just start singing everything you say. Are there certain things that you used to do as a kid that brought you joy, but you don't do a lot anymore? I mean, for sure. Yes. For me, it's singing. I used to sing a lot, and I'm not very good, but I used to do it in the house and in the car and in the shower. And dancing, too. I used to dance in my room in front of the mirror. (laughs) Does anyone do that anymore? I just, I guess I'm an adult now. Wait, Mia, I do that every time I get dressed, (laughs) which is not every day anymore. Um, You have to hype yourself up. You have to be your own hype squad and you need to like, you know, jump and put your jeans on and do a little twerk. Make sure you're feeling good. (laughs) That's true. I guess it's also mirror placement. I in my childhood bedroom I had the best mirror placement in my room so it was perfect mm. and it was like ample damp dancing space in front of it but now it's kind of in a crowded corner so I don't know I and walk now. over to my mirror I will like my closet and my mirror are not close to each other <laughs> but I walk over there to have like a getting dressed moment <laughs> <laughs> love yourself I'm all about rituals like the shower I always shower with music on and I'm Mm -hmm. singing I'm dancing like (laughs) like it's so much fun (laughs) I took a vanity shower yesterday because I wasn't feeling good like I took a shower the night before so I didn't like really need one but I wanted one so (laughs) I put my music on (laughs) took a shower in the middle of the day to up my like energy levels (laughs) I think we need shirts that say vanity shower. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm cackling. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, beyond singing, dancing, vanity showers, I'm wondering, I'm really thinking about this lately. Is anyone actually a roommate person? Like, does anyone actually enjoy having roommates? Yeah, I cannot answer this question considering I currently have three roommates. No, but you guys are really close in. Like, they'll understand. I don't think it de- it determines your relationship with them. Like, I've had roommates I really liked, but am I a roommate person? I don't know. You know? <laughs> you have a permanent roommate now. <laughs> I do have a permanent roommate. And he's a great – he's probably one of the best roommates I've ever had. He's great. Um, but it's so funny because I, I think I might be a roommate person. I think I'm – I go back and forth. I sometimes think I'm meant to live alone. Like that is me at my best, my peak. There's no mess. Nothing is out of place. Everything is clean. There's no, like, I'm not picking up anyone's work. There's no shared responsibility. If I decide to leave it dirty, that's like my choice, which would be very rare. Um, I just, 
the cleanliness you can have in a solo apartment just cannot be replicated in a in a group living situation. And I mourn that. I find myself, or at least when I did have roommates, I found myself because I'm a very organized person. Um, like I like, you know, having everything in the cabinets organized under the sink, yes. all that stuff. And I found myself being like, I can't wait to live my own or like I, you know, live with Dan and can just like organize this the way I want because I know he won't care. But I do think at heart though, even though I had those yearnings, I do think I'm still a roommate person. And I don't think anyone really knows whether or not they're a roommate person until they go to live alone. Because when I was yeah. in LA and I started looking at places to live alone, I got massive dread and was like, that's terrifying. I don't, I don't think I can do it. Like I'll just be lonely. It'll be super weird. Holidays are so much more fun when you can come downstairs and, you know, like talk to your roommates and when things happen in the world and you just have someone to shout to the other room about it with, or like you watch a TV show together. I think that's so much fun. Like that community aspect is fun when it's with people you like, of course. Yeah. Um, and I think that dynamic is maybe better than living alone, even though living alone has perks. But some, not all people live, feel that way. I know someone who's like, I'm a complete loner. I was born to live alone, you know? So I think there's just, you can still like like your roommates and not be a roommate person and vice versa, you know? That's very true. Yeah, I definitely, and that's what tears me up. It's like, I like the community. And I also just like believe in communal living. Like having a living space just for you is a little, it's a little bougie. It's a little luxury. Yeah. I don't miss sharing a bathroom with my brothers. I will say that. But I do miss like having like a ton of people in the house. I think that's a fun feeling. I used to have my own bathroom and now I don't. I don't really mind. But wow. That's powerful. <laughs> I would mind. <laughs> well, this was fun. Should we ask our questions? I'm ready if you are. I think it's going to be very interesting ones this week. It is scary out there, but it's way less scary together. Should we sing this? <laughs> it's two in the morning. And it's and t- 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 time to talk. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you didn't see that coming. <laughs> I'm so sorry for these people's ears. Okay, so I don't know what it is about season two, but like I got my mind on my money. My money is on my mind. So my question, and this is a little uncomfortable, but I want to talk about and unpack that. Mm. Here we go. I know. I'm really cutting to the chase. Um, So Mia, how much do you make? The the answer is I don't know. Genuinely. (laughs) My life is a wreck. It's a wreck. <laughs> to to bring it to the bigger context, like what do you think about people discussing how much they make? Do you think it's important? Do you think it's not important? Do you think it's something someone should do on a podcast okay. or is it like one to one? I want to know it all. I want to get your thoughts on I want to get your thoughts on this. These are the moments I wish this was a visual platform so you can see how excited I am to talk about this. Um this yes, like everyone talk your shit we should be talking about this we should be talking about how much we make um i don't think that it should be a secret i get that some people are private people i think it just depends right like if you're a private person about everything 
then it makes sense that you don't want to talk about it. But if you're pretty out there about everything else and you just don't want to say how much you make, to me, that's a problem. Um, because listen, we live in a gatekeeping world, right? And how are you supposed to make a certain amount of money if everybody's talking about it, right? Because then everybody wants to make that certain amount of money within an organization, within a company, whatever. Um, genuinely, so I'll go back to me. I don't know how much I make because I'm so new at freelancing that it fluctuates every month. I have a monthly goal and it's growing. Um, so when, during the pandemic, I was the beginning of the pandemic, I was unemployed completely because I went from my job in LA to freelancing. All those freelancing gigs ended with the pandemic. Um, except one, most of them were in person and then one cut funding. So I was unemployed. And so I've been working my way up as a freelancer. And so I have a goal of a certain amount to make each month. Oh gosh, this is so interesting, right? And so I'm not going to say what that goal is or how much I make for this reason that freelancing is gatekeeping. If I said how much I made and people and freelancers heard, which they, they listen to my things, they watch my things. This is how I get freelancing gigs, whether it's hosting, whether it's writing, they would try to lowball me, right? So I think we need to talk about how in freelancing and in um, side gigs and um, certain, you know, industries, especially in Hollywood, saying how much you make is dangerous because if someone found out, mm -hmm. they would have to hold you to that, right? And the whole point is to grow and to make more yeah. money, right? So it's funny though, because a friend will text me and be like, hey, I want to write an article. How much is your rate? And I'll tell them, right? I have no problem. But this is the yeah. thing. If I, if I was in my corporate job, if I was in my job at NBC, um, I, I tell people all the time how much I made as a page. It was $12. Then we got bumped up to 14. When I was in DC, I was making 47,000 by the time I left, which was like my first job out of school, which was really great um, for entry level, at least from what I know. Um, but it's just interesting, right? So like I feel more comfortable saying those numbers than what yeah. I make now because I am so new. Mm -hmm. But how much do you make? <laughs> do you feel comfortable <laughs> even talking about it? So I'm on the same page as you. I think it is extremely important to talk about. Um, I do wonder, like I don't think it's something that makes your – bosses or superiors very happy which is the only reason I'm hesitant to like air it out on a podcast but I literally would tell anyone like it doesn't matter if I know you or not like in person over text like etc um because it's so important especially people in the same industry like those google sheets and those trackers that people made like you can use that to argue like you have to have some kind of benchmark for the value of what you're bringing and what you're doing. And it it is like a tool we all need to give each other to advocate for more. And like, we all are going to get paid more and like do better when we know. <laughs> I wish it was easier though. I still feel a little, I have like certain people that we talk about this um, who are in my same industry, but not everyone like, I wish it wasn't awkward to just text my friends who I know work in the same industry as me and be like, how much are you making? Or like, how big was your raise? Or like, what did your, like, what happened in your review? Because there's probably some, a little bit of shame. There's probably a little bit of guilt if you share and, you know, the other person doesn't make the same amount. Um, so I, I mean, I totally get the awkwardness surrounding it. Yeah. I will tell you this. I don't make enough money. It's insane. I'm a freelancer, like I'm a freelancer, like I don't get paid to sit around, you know, like on a, I miss yeah. slow days in corporate. I was just telling our producer Bia this, like I don't get paid to sit around. So sometimes I think about it. I'm like, I got paid for like that hour or two of writing, but not for the outreach, not for 
emailing you back and forth, not for the client, a, a really picky client sending me edits over and over and over and changing things, you know? Um, so you have to work that into your rate, but then also people don't want high rates. It's just interesting. Um, like uh, creative people don't get paid enough. And I think it's really like, we need to talk about that more. But at the same time, it's like, if it's not awkward, then why are we not saying how much we make? None of us have said how much we make. <laughs> so calling us out, I mean. Um, yeah, I I want it to not be awkward. I think are we both like, going to get uh, off this call and, and tell each other what we make? <laughs> oh, I would tell you for sure. Like, undoubtedly. I, I really would tell anyone. Um, yeah. I I do think there's something weird about this this platform and, and saying it here. Um, right? What is it about audio? Because I felt this way. Was it episode four talking about getting rid of, you know, your undercover racist and homophobic friends? I was like, it feels weird to tell the story and even the girl code story because it's so these are conversations we have behind closed doors usually, even as open people. And so it's different to me even to write about these things. It's more nuanced. Um, but something about audio just feels very intimate and it's like you're bearing your soul. Yeah, I think there is there is a hesitancy to like be first, but someone has to do it, right? So like there's this exchange of information. It is valuable for someone else to know how much I make and it is valuable for me to know how much they make. But outside of like literally counting to three and saying it at the same time there someone has to go first right and so that's like a moment of vulnerability when you say like this is how much i make and you just kind of have to like hope or you maybe have an agreement beforehand that that other person's also going to tell you i will never forget in la when this girl came to my house you know, all the relationships in LA are very interesting that you make with people and acquaintances. But she came to my house and she literally asked me, how much do you pay in rent? And I told her. And then I said, how much do you pay? And she goes, oh, I don't really feel comfortable disclosing that. Oh my that. gosh. I was like, <laughs> what? What? Is it because yours was much, hers was low? I'm so confused. That's I not no right. Idea. I'm pretty sure hers was much higher, but I'm like, why don't you just say it? I don't. Like it's out now. I don't know. So, man, it's really interesting. Yeah, I've definitely disclosed, and the person hasn't reciprocated. And I'm just like, um... <gasps> are you scared about what? How much you make, or something else? Yeah, how much I make. Like, you know, if I got a bonus or not. Um, mm. I just think it's so weird. People get so quiet around bonus holiday season, ends of the year. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know there was any stigma around that. I thought everyone was just like, I got a bonus and that's normal. <laughs> I mean, I did it this year, <laughs> clearly. No you didn't one's give yourself rewarding. a bonus. I did, I, I did get a Starbucks gift card from a client. <laughs> Cute. Can that pay your rent? No. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I might be able to work it out. Um, wow. I feel like embarrassed because both of us want to say it, but neither of us are. This is honestly shameful. Why would you think you asked the question? Uh, because is, I'm not getting awkward. anything out of it. Unless everyone is going to DM me their yeah, salary. I think, we should, I think we should normalize saying your salary, but also we should, we should, I hate, I can't believe I just said that. I hate when people are like, normalize, whatever. But mm -hmm. really, we should get used to 
saying talking just, just saying about it money just letting it general. roll off the tongue like not yeah. making it a thing just be like yeah i make seventy five thousand a year yeah and i mean anything with like with rent with anything money related how much we have in maybe not savings is that too much to tell someone but it's just interesting and also it's interesting to talk about money and relationships too it's there anyways you put the pieces together like when you get one piece of information you're like oh you make thirty five thousand dollars and you live in manhattan how like (laughs) it's like when we all grew up and realized carrie living uh in new york on a writer's budget going out to lunch every day when did that bitch cook she had shoes in her oven it's all a lie you do put the pieces together for the people out there who like think they're being slick or like this makes them uncomfortable like we see you. We we see you anyways. There's no hiding. <laughs> well, I think it's okay to be comfortable. That's what I was going to say is like, yes, we should talk about this more. But yes, it's okay to be honest and be like, this is uncomfortable. Because it mm. is because we don't do it, that right? Like that's the societal norm. You know, I think it's money might be next because I feel like now we're talking about politics more. Like in our parents' generation, it was like, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about money. Don't p- talk about religion. And now it's like, Oh, we're talking about politics. We're literally busting in the room with oh, people. Yeah. Hardly know. Like who did you vote for bitch? Like, you know, <laughs> and I think money, money might be next. <laughs> yeah. It, it's hard, but I think we have to bite the bullet. We have to do it. We have to talk about how much we make, how much our rent is, how much savings we have. If we have a trust fund, like just just talk about it. There's no guilt. There's no shade. Like it is what it is. I agree. Can we even say that though? If we, did? I just think keep thinking about how we. It's just because me and it. I are both poor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I will say I I don't make the same amount that I made in my first job out of school, which is so bad. But I also don't make as little as I did in LA because they hate you and they don't want to pay you there. <laughs> um, so yeah, all I know is I'm living an iteration of my dreams, which is enough for me. Oh my god, that was so adorable. In case you haven't heard, y'all, we've got some exciting news. We have launched a Patreon. And if you're asking yourself, why would I contribute to these two fools? The answer is real simple. So that way we can keep making two in the morning for years and years to come. Every day, life throws something new at us. And it never gives us answers to the most fundamental questions. That's why we made the space to think about things like what's worthy of forgiveness, when's it time to move on, and can people change? Even more rude, sometimes our answers change as we continue to go through the constant stream of life. Get older, life continues, and we really want to continue to unpack the big and the small questions in life. And a small monthly contribution from you helps us to do that. It ensures we can pay and keep our phenomenal producers, and gives us space to try new things like live events. Our team has tons of ideas for the future of this podcast. Thank you for becoming our financial supporter today. If you have the means and enjoy the show. Everybody, we are back with season two, better than ever. But you know one thing that hasn't changed? We're still using Anchor. She is so fun. She's free. She's easy to use. You can record, edit, collaborate, and distribute all of your podcasts through her. So, you know, when you got a good thing going, (laughs) you don't give it up. If you're thinking about making a podcast, I know some of you are. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, we're back. Hope you liked that little break. 
Okay, so my question this week, funny enough, kind of ties into your question a little bit. And it might need some explaining. So I'm going to read it to you. You tell me if it's confusing to you. Okay. But I kind of want to see what you think and what you gather from it. Is gratefulness weaponized to hold us back slash deter us from success, our own success? Or should we actually just be grateful for where we're at in our lives, in our career? Um, what do you think of this? Yes. And no, but that no might change as I answer this. <laughs> <laughs> That's goals, baby. So yes, people gaslight you with gratefulness. <laughs> like, yeah. um, especially with this this current time that we're in where like we're in a recession, but it is like not a, a common one. You know, like a lot of the professional services or like certain sectors of the economy are being hit harder than others. Um, and you have to know what zone you're in and what lane you're in. And like if your sector is not being heavily impacted by the recession, then like it's a little crazy for your bosses, you know, to, to try to use that to say mm -hmm. like broader concerns to speak specifically about your scenario. Like it has to be tailored to what we're talking about and within a certain context. Um, I also have a conversation on my mind that I am avoiding because I'm trying to keep my job. Thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> problem it's gratefulness is probably being weaponized against you thank god we have the right to plead the fifth in this country <laughs> <laughs> i i think about this too because i'm about to drag the entertainment industry but i'm always like what if i go back into it <laughs> but i just my mind and i think you know they'll they'll take that or they'll leave it um i'll find out if it'll bite me in the ass later but <laughs> it i wrote this question actually probably three years ago and I've had this written down and I've been saving it. I wrote it when I lived in LA, um, worked in entertainment. Um, I was in a rotational career program. Like I mentioned before, I was getting paid $12 an hour. And for the interview, we had to fly ourselves out and pay uh, for uh, housing. It's criminal. We were getting paid that amount. And for the amount of hours we were working, um, I really struggled with this when I was living in LA. It's like I was working at E and Focus Features and I was like, you know, there on Emmy Day and the Critics' Choice Awards and, you know, doing all these really, quite frankly, just like glamorous things. But the work was not glamorous. It was taxing and we weren't getting paid a lot. And so I really struggled when people asked me how I were. It's like if I was honest and I was like, you know, I'm – not doing great like the hours are really shitty and we don't get paid enough people would be like but it's so cool you know at least you have a job at least it's the coolest job in the world and then if you are aren't wait can about i say it, this yes so yeah. quickly fuck those people <laughs> <laughs> truly gas lit yeah i'm like that's you not really okay you don't really care how I am. And then it's like, if I would lie, I learned to lie about it and be like, oh my gosh, it's a dream. Okay. This and is getting to something. This is, this is like, when you, when you ask someone a question and they respond, can you, can we just receive the response? Like <laughs> take at least out of your vocabulary. <laughs> 
wow oh my gosh like if you're checking in with someone if you're saying how are you doing how are you feeling if you're asking them questions about their career and their life um you are obligated to listen and like respectfully contradict and like tread lightly. Like that is not your experience. I'm just shook by the people in your life, Mia, because they do the wildest stuff. And <laughs> and it's never really, you know, it's never really people close to me. I think yeah. I have a lot of like outskirt friends and acquaintances. Um, and I struggle because, you know, people always like they want to know they want to know what's going on in my life. And I like am very open. And um, it, so it's open to criticism from people, whether I invite it or not. And um, mm. I, I've learned to deal with that. But it's just so interesting, even within I mean, that's just socially, right. But then I think about within you know, young professionals within their different industries. And I can speak from my experience, of course, in entertainment. If you're ambitious, it's viewed as you're entitled, right? And I remember the whole time in the page program, I was like, I'm made for more than this. But like, this is the beginning, only the beginning of my career, right? Like I have to start somewhere. I have to pay my dues. They, they would always kind of like say things along the lines of so many people would kill for this position, like you guys made it. It's harder to get into this program than Harvard, you know, like nailing these little cues that are so heavy. Like if you read between the lines, like this is going to be really shitty work, but you're one easily replaced and two, everybody wants this job. Honestly, turn that right back around. This is <laughs> as hard to get into as Harvard and it should be an Ivy League experience. Like who going to Harvard doesn't have health insurance? Again, I will wait. <laughs> like, I'm just, I mean, and like, there are so many resources at that institution to support the students and like scholarships and stuff. And like, I haven't been there. I'm imagining. But like, <laughs> it, I just like, if this is a Harvard level program, let's give like the Harvard experience. People go on from that school to like try to run the world. Like, <laughs> let's be very clear about that. I mean, so do people from the Page program. But it's so yeah. funny because most of them who are famous either got rejected or quit. Like Aubrey Plaza literally was like, this is dumb and then <laughs> got fired. <laughs> so maybe I'm doing something right. I don't know. But and I mean, it was. Uh, it's either I find myself doing this. I'm like, but it was a great experience, you know. Like I learned so much. I mean, hold because both then you of go back truths. to being like, I I have to be grateful, and it's like, is gratefulness toxic? I don't know. Like, are we on mm. the brink of a very toxic gratefulness phase in society, mm. where it's like, but be grateful, but be grateful, or do we need that grounding to say actually we should be, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think there's balance. Like, okay. So one, you can hold both of those truths. Like it was an amazing, incredible experience that like you would not, it would have been hard to replicate or achieve elsewhere. It was a good entry program to you. Like, as far as I know, you don't know anyone like rich and famous. No one else was inviting you to the people's choice awards. Like, <laughs> um, um, and I don't think that was the case for Aubrey Plaza. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know her life, but, um, you know, that was like an opportunity. Um, and 
I think you can be grateful for the opportunity, but you can still critique the institution. It's like basically telling someone like, oh, you got into Harvard. <laughs> like you shouldn't like uh, advocate for yourself now that you're there. <laughs> yeah. I just feel for people entry level and right out of school because I just know it's really, it's hard to figure out whether you're paying your dues and you're starting or if you're just being entitled because you want more. And it's nice because I'm what, four years out of school now? And now I'm like, nope, this is my rate. Like, this is what I'm demanding from you. And I feel more comfortable doing that because I feel like I have leverage because I am four years out. But I, I don't know. It's like, should people come out of school with that attitude or are they entitled? Like, have you ever felt entitled at any point in your career? Or maybe that's a female I male think thing. People I don't are know. entitled to like health insurance, you know? <laughs> like, there are some base, um, base things. Like, you know, I think you're entitled to be able to like pay your rent, have enough money for food. Like, not worry about your medical bills if you are employed and working for someone. Like, I hate when the presumption is that, like, your parents are going to help you or someone else or you're going to work a second job or, like, I just – I despise it and it, it, it I have to call it out. Like, if I am working for you and, like, you want me to every day give you eight hours or more, then – you need to support me as a full human being. Like, <laughs> That's so true. This has triggered a really bad memory for me of walking down Ventura Boulevard with resumes in my hand being like, I need a second job. Will you hire me? <laughs> like that. No one should have to do that. Like we shouldn't have to do that. And exactly. like that structure could have been set up so differently, but honestly to like make it more real when I was, I worked at a restaurant senior year of college because <laughs> in case it's not clear this season, <laughs> we're talking about money and <laughs> we're talking about being poor. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had, I had to, it wasn't a choice, <laughs> um, get a job senior year of college to make it through. Um, and I was working at a restaurant, but like I was working at a great American restaurant. Some people will be familiar with the chain. Um, and they paid me like 14 or $15 an hour to like bus tables. And like, I bring this up to mention that like at any institution, they can structure it to pay you a living wage. Like people always, and listen, I took lots of econ courses. And if you want to have this debate, we can like, <laughs> um, but people, it's not just E it's not just like mega corporations. Like everyone needs to do better. <laughs> truly, truly. That's when you say that $15 that also just jogged another memory of me walking past in and out one day and they were like hiring $15 an hour. And I literally started bawling because I was like, I literally make less than this. I could just quit and work in it and out. Like it's insane. It just that and is I love, insane. One and trend yeah. I really love though. I mean, I'm sure other places are doing this now, but in California, um, because so many people were, you know, aspiring to be actors and actresses and musicians or whatever else, they were paying through um what is it? Automatic gratuity. They were paying for people's health insurance. Like, I think we should be doing that, you know, even in service jobs, even in, you know, blue collar jobs. Like, they, it shouldn't just be, oh, you have to find your own insurance. I don't know. At least that's what I think. I don't know enough about it. You are way smarter than me in those areas. So, no, 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 no. I, I totally, completely agree. Like, if you want, 
a healthy person to show up at your workplace, you may want them to be able to regularly visit a doctor. Like it's just <laughs> sound reasoning. <laughs> Hi, sleepyheads. It's Mia. I cannot thank you enough. And we, the Royal We, um, for all the nice things you guys have said in the comments on social media, in the reviews, which is so amazing to see that you all take time to leave these reviews on Apple Podcasts, which genuinely means a lot to me. Like, I don't think I, I can express how much that means that you took time to do that and you used your best words for us. Um, it just is a total treat. So in honor of that and to really thank you publicly to air it out, air out our love, we're just going to read a few that we really love. So here it goes. Okay, so this one's called Yes, Yes, and Yes by CJ and SJ. <laughs> oh my goodness, this podcast had me so very excited to get to the next episode every time I finished one. Oh my God, are you serious? Me and Michael are hilarious and the way they communicate feels like you're with them in the room. Their friendship is admirable and the way they get so excited for each other, but are also not afraid to share with each other if they have a different approach on a topic or question at hand. That's true. We will drag each other. Their laughs, critical thinking, and analysis, thought-provoking questions, and joyous voices, what, are made for podcast. And I, for one, am excited to listen to season two. Wow. If you're listening right now, love you, CJ and SJ. So as always, we understand that not everybody can support financially. So even leaving a review is a free way to support the pod. And we really, really appreciate that and love that. So thank you all for your nice words. And we'll see you out there on social. Bye. So everyone, you have to tell us, how much do you make? <laughs> um, contractually obligated if you listen to the entire podcast. Sorry, not sorry. It's, this is what the world needs. <laughs> Um, and then also, is gratefulness being weaponized against us? I really would love to hear if an instance when someone told you, you should be grateful, because I don't think that should ever come out of somebody's mouth. <laughs> um, see y'all next week. Thank you so much for staying up with us. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to join the Two in the Morning Club. Rate it five stars, or if you're feeling really nice, leave us a review and share this episode with just one person you know. This podcast is made possible because of you and your support. If you haven't already, join our sleepover on patreon.com slash two in the morning podcast for just $5 a month. You'll get exclusive early and free access to all of our live events and discussions, journal prompts, behind the scenes activity, and welcome merch mail straight to you. You can catch me in between episodes on Twitter and Instagram at Spaghetti Galfetti with one T. And you can keep up with me on Twitter at Hot Mess Mia and Instagram at Yours Truly Mia. Thanks for hanging out with us. Now get some beauty sleep and we'll see you next Sunday. Two in the Morning is a podcast produced by Jamila White and Bia Kasanga. Music by Brian Kim. Cover art by Madeline Younger. Subscribe for new episodes every Sunday. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.